Whether it be hesitance among the workforce, capital spending concerns, or simply the lack of desire to take a chance on something new, you don't need to be an expert to know that the construction industry lags behind just about every other one when it comes to investing in and adopting technology and innovation. And with the pace of change accelerating at rates we've never seen before, and only likely to continue to change faster over time, exploring and implementing the right technologies could very well be the difference between staying competitive and becoming an afterthought in the not-too-distant future. Utilizing goats to clear vegetation on a steep hillside to save on manpower and ensure safety. We've done that. Watching a world-renowned architect crumple up a piece of paper and tell you that's how they want their building to be designed? We've been there, too. Ever envision a brick-laying robot or material lift unit assisting laborers with building? No, it's not something out of the Terminator. We've done that on our projects. Every project has a great story. With over 3,000 team members and nearly 100 years of experience in the construction industry, we at Barton Mallow have more than a few to tell that don't fit the usual industry coverage. I'm Eric Fish. And I'm Rob Riley. And we're both Barton Mallow team members and the hosts of this podcast. And we're going to be bringing you the untold stories from the job site. The weird, the wild, and the unconventional paths to success. It's construction, but it's said differently. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you'll recall that we've made mention of a bricklaying robot in our intro theme since Said Differently launched in the summer of 2021. Well, now we're going to be talking about it. Here to join us in studio to discuss research and development, innovation and construction, and yes, bricklaying robots, is our Director of Business Transformation, Daniel Stone. All right, I think first of all, let's just start off, if you could, Daniel, just introduce yourself, tell us what your current role is and, and how long you've been with Bart Mallow. Yeah, Daniel Stone, been at Bart Mallow for 27 years, been all over the company. I started out in our marketing department. I was, I've was i been in pre-con and I was in our architectural group when we had one. I was in systems, innovation, now business transformation. And within business transformation, can you talk about what the goal is of that department? Yeah, we're, we're, I think what we're tasked with is larger scale innovation. So that obviously innovation is just making things better and smarter. Everybody does that all the time. That's happening all around us. We, don't even, we can't even keep track of all the smart things that people are doing on their jobs. Uh, business transformation is more about picking out particular targets, look at them more holistically than just fixing individual pain points or solving individual problems. How would you define innovation at a major commercial construction company such as Bart Mallow? What would your definition be? Innovation is just putting things together in a new way. It can be a process. It can be you can use technology. It cannot use technology. Innovation is a pretty broad word. I think what Eric and I were talking about the other day was the stages of maturity that we've gone through. One of the things that I've begun to realize is that some of the stuff that we did at first that I thought was frustrating was a necessary step in the process. Back then, we used to call it innovation theater, where we would sit in a room and wrestle, like, are we creating something or are we just making ourselves feel good? It's very easy to you know, do something smart on an individual project. This is one of the things you see in construction companies is they have one or two or three jobs that are doing exceptional work, something new. Then you make the circuit go to all the conferences and you talk about those jobs, but very rarely do those innovations saturate. Spread. They don't spread, they don't grow. It's really hard. 
There's lots of reasons why that's hard. It's not that anybody's trying to be dishonest or trying to not spread their best practices. We're all trying to spread our best practices, but it's easier said than done. Like I say, there was a time when I was frustrated by innovation theater, kind of questioning the meaning of life. You know, are, are we accomplishing anything or not? I think now looking back on that, what I realize is it's just one of the steps. Like you have to start somewhere. You have to start to build energy. How do you build an innovation culture? People have to hear about it. They have to hear about it over and over and over and over. They have to hear stories that are motivating. They have to hear of something that was fixed and, and go, oh, that was smart. That's interesting. We should do that again. And you have to do that for years to get to the point where you start to build interest. And it, it's taken years. You know, some of those things were isolated or weren't terribly meaningful at first. They were all good and smart, but, you know, they just had limited effect. And now I look back and I see how we've moved from there to more and more meaningful things. For, exa for example, another thing that construction companies do, and we've done this plenty, we go shopping. We buy a new piece of software, we buy a new product, we test it in the field, and we call that R&D. You know, it's good. That's good. We need to do that. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Is it R&D? Not really. And now, years in, and with the bigger team that we have now, we're doing real R&D. We are testing things that we don't know if they're going to work. We're spending money developing things that don't exist in the world, not just buying them off of the shelf. It's riskier, harder work. It takes a long time to develop something new. You read anything, and you'll find that the construction industry in general is a lagging industry when it comes to adopting technology and innovation. I guess in your words, in your opinion, why is innovation so important in construction and why did it take the industry so long to, I guess, get serious about it? I mean, I think there's a variety of reasons that construction has struggled with innovation and technology. One, we're super fragmented. Lots of subs, lots of trades, lots of uh, construction companies, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of construction companies. The bar for entry is very low. You can have, you know, the, we always say trunk slammers or, the, you know, three guys in a pickup truck. That's all you need to start a construction business. The low bar for entry is one of the issues. I think there's just human resistance to change. You see that everywhere, but I think we see it in a special way that I can't exactly explain, but I think we've experienced that. I think another reason we've struggled to improve is just the the complexity of the teams, it makes it so that it's hard to come to consensus. If you're building a $100 million job and there's an owner and there's an architect and there's, there's all these different constituents and they all have to agree, it's one of the things that we talk about in our struggles to try and improve project over project is we don't steer. We, are, we work for others. We're a service provider. So we deliver a job and we do all the work to convince the team to try something new and then the next job comes around and you're back at zero. So if you graph that, you know, you see like progress and then back to zero, progress and back to zero, progress and back to zero. It makes up for a long, a long, hard road. But I think having, you know, leadership buy-in and, and people embracing technology or wanting to push technology is, is very important, right? And I feel like I hear everyone from Ryan, our president, to other executive vice presidents, you know, talking about innovation and, and new technologies and really wanting to embrace and use them. Absolutely. I'll just praise the president. But it is super helpful to have Ryan lead the company. Yeah, he's definitely a visionary. Lots of Lots of big ideas come away from every conversation with him with my mind blown a little bit because there's something I hadn't thought of a whole different direction. It's super helpful to have that at the top. It's not just him. It takes time to build a team like that. It takes time and you have to pick the right people. 
And I think we've been picking the right people and doing the right work for a long time and it's paying off. Yeah. And, and even to your point, Daniel, I mean, there's things that since I've been here and it's only been, you know, four and a half years or so that have been discussed, have been tried, and now they're not in use anymore. And, you know, going back to your point of, you know, the, the, the whole R and D concept and, um, you have to try these things and these things take time and yeah, they're not all going to work. Right. But once you find that item that does work, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. It just takes, it takes a lot more effort, a lot more money, a lot, a lot deeper knowledge to be able to try new things. Uh, an example, we recently tried, uh, we partnered with a new technology company a while back. We put hundreds of thousands of dollars into testing a system on a job site and we learned a lot. And in the end it didn't work. The technology was not stable enough for now to be used in a, on a job site in 2023. The, uh, you know, the things kept getting knocked over. They kept having to get moved. The subs were frustrated. The whole thing just kind of didn't perform as needed. It wasn't robust enough for, for a construction site. It's used in other industries. The technology just wasn't there for us, but we didn't know that until we spent months in the field trying and trying and trying to get it to work. Very expensive, painful process for all involved. And yet, I mean, that's R&D. I would say if you're not experiencing pain in these efforts, then you're not doing R&D. So let's switch gears a little bit here and talk about, I guess, a specific product that we've used on, on multiple projects and job sites and that we've included in proposals that have helped win us new work. I'm talking about the partnership we have with Construction Robotics and specifically the MULE. What, it, what does that stand for, Daniel? First things first. Yeah, MULE stands for Material Unit Lift Enhancer. And this is essentially a bricklaying robot. Well, it's interesting. Uh, construction robotics became known because of SAM, the semi-automated mason. It's a tool for robotically placing standard brick. The MULE is a lift assist device. It's their other main product. It's really the one that's getting traction. Uh, SAM's in use out in the world. There's some interesting development going on in terms of how to use SAM to build prefabricated brick panels, which is interesting. But, you know, you brought up the mule. What the mule was designed to do was help Mason's Place block. Uh, That's what it was built to do. But the idea was always that it would be used to lift other things. If you go into a manufacturing plant, there are lift assist devices everywhere. You reach up, there's a a gantry crane, there's, there's things everywhere. You know, workers inside of a factory are not allowed to pick up objects that weigh more than a certain amount. The part of construction robotics vision is to deliver that on the job site. We don't want human beings to be bending over and picking up stuff that's too heavy for them. And really over time, with the amount of repetition in some of these jobs, uh, that weight adds up. Anybody can pick up a block, but can you pick up a block all day? So, you know, and, and then if you think about the size of the block, that's part, that's one of the interesting things happening with the mule is this move to larger block. You know, a, a cinder block is the size it is because that's what a person can pick up. That's the reason it's that size. The mule takes that block and makes it weightless. So the, the mason hits a button, the block floats up into the air, it holds at a steady height, and then you can move it around with two fingers. It weighs nothing. It swings freely, you move it to where you want it, you press another button, and it gently sets it down. So the question becomes, if that block doesn't weigh anything, then why is it the size it is? So we're using bigger blocks. We have a job right now in Michigan that's using 32-inch block. That's 
twice as big. You can go twice as fast. And I think they'll get bigger. The mule's been around for a while, it, and it continues to sort of evolve into um, some other things. You alluded to one earlier. Maybe we'll get to it a little bit later on and in terms of uses. But it seems like this has staying power. It's accepted by the workers, which you noted was one of the challenges in, in adopting new technology. And it can also, I guess, to a certain extent, help resolve another sort of pain point in the industry, which is labor shortages. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I was talking to... Uh an experienced Mason a while back. And he was saying how they get people into the training program and then they move from smaller brick to bigger brick and they start to lose people. <laughs> uh, that stuff, that's hard work. Yeah. Uh, you know, kudos to the, the people who do that work. And yet if, as we move toward a future with more and more technology, I mean, why not take that burden off people's bodies? There, there has been some resistance. We've had projects where the Masons didn't want to look at the mule. They thought they weren't interested. And even I've told the story many times because it was years ago, but the first time we took the mule out onto a job site, it was for use by our own trades. It was uh, doing some self-performed civil work and they rolled their eyes. They, they thought it was silly. At the end of the day, at the end of the first day, they didn't want to give it up because they weren't tired. Could you imagine going home after a day of lifting block and just wanting to crash on the couch and do nothing versus going home and Having the energy, wanting to go to your kid's soccer game, wanting to, you know, take the wife out, you know, do, to, to just do whatever. I mean, that's got to make a major difference. Yeah, actually on that first job, what they were placing was a retaining wall block. Those blocks weighed, I think, 125 pounds. Two people were going to manhandle those things all day long. It's hard to move a 120-pound block. Mm -hmm. And by... About an hour into using the mule, one of the guys had kind of wandered off. He would come <laughs> back and he would sweep, he would pour some gravel, he'd, he'd mess around a little bit, and then he'd leave and go do something else. And the one guy who was moving these 125-pound blocks, the guy probably weighed 135 pounds, and he was just moving them no problem. End of the day, he loved the thing. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think that leads us into the next question. So besides, you know, Mason's slaying that, do you envision, what other ways do you see the mule you know, adapting and being utilized in construction. We've talked about quite a few things. Uh, we've talked about using the mule to move bags of mortar. They're still working on that one. It's a little tricky because the bags want to rip, mm -hmm. but there's lots of heavy things in our industry and we've tried moving a number of them. We talked about pipe. Could we, could we put a strap on the bottom of the thing and use it to place pipe that's going in the ground? Some of those automotive plants, there's miles of pipe that goes all over the place. You know, how much of that where are there places where there's weight that we could take away? I think what we're doing that's interesting with the mule is we're kind of trying to go low tech. The other ones that I'm aware of, you know, articulated robot arms. But these are millions of dollars propositions, slow and hard development. It's great. That work needs to be done. But how can, how can we solve the problem sooner with, with stuff that we already have? Mm -hmm. So we've taken a mule and we've taken various platforms to put it on and, you know, thought through not just... How do you grab the panel and move it? But how do you change the flow of work? How do you place the materials? Where, where's the pallet so that the mule can reach it? How do you replace that pallet? The team has really done a good job of sort of dissecting all of that and coming up with something that makes sense as a whole system. It's a system with a mule doing the lifting. All right, so let's pivot here and just sort of round out this discussion. Let's talk about the pitch. Um, you know, as you know, Barton Mallow encourages innovation from within. We host the pitch. It's a Shark Tank-like style 
allows Barton Mallow team members to develop and present an idea to senior leadership, get their opinion, address a need in the industry, so on and so forth. Obviously, the goal is to build adjacent business opportunities by solving a problem. So people come into the pitch with a business idea, and we started doing that like a shark tank. Uh, Lots of companies have shark tanks. I went to a conference where we talked to lots of different customers or lots of different businesses, IBM, Cisco. There were lots of interesting spins on how to do a shark tank. So we came up with our version of that. We've been doing that for years now. What we're looking for is the inventors. There's people out there all around us in every industry that have an idea in the back of their head they've been stewing on. They've got a few ideas. It's their baby, you know, and they don't tell anybody because it's their idea. And they're like, oh, boy, I wonder if this is worth something. And it's really fun. We give them this format where they can come with their idea. And here it is. And you get a whole different level of engagement, like nothing else. If I, if I came to you and I said, I'm going to make your job better. Let's look at all this cool stuff. You'd be excited. You'd, yeah, let's look at it. But if it's your baby... That's, that's where the energy is, mm-hmm. right? So people come into the pitch and they've got this idea they've been thinking about sometimes for years and they finally get to say it to the leaders of the company. And then hopefully if, if all goes right, you know, we get to develop it too and it becomes a real thing. It's really gratifying work. And then you, you go out onto a job site and you see the thing that you thought of in use, making somebody more efficient, making somebody safer. It's, it's, it's really fun work. Probably a little bit exciting slash nerve wracking though to come and be vulnerable and and talk about this idea that you've kind of held back. Yeah. And then (laughs) and to the leaders of the company and and somebody like yourself, you know what I mean? Like you you gotta be a little nervous, right? Oh, absolutely. The the people that come in, yeah, it's a it's a hot seat. Uh, they're talking to, you know, top executives and we get everybody. This isn't just a, a polished event for people who are used to public speaking. This is for people who are doing a variety of jobs in a variety of parts of the country, different parts of the business, not necessarily used to business cases or public speaking. And they have to go in, yeah, and not only not only present to the leaders, but present their baby to the leaders. And mm-hmm. it is hard. And you can see it. You can tell people are nervous, but you can also tell they care and they've thought about it and that it's their baby. Well, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I recall hearing whether it was Ryan or other folks say like, hey, I'm confident that the, the changes are going to come from the people who are in the field doing the work, right? And bringing that to the forefront, right? And that's kind of where, where we're looking at. It's like with the pitch, like you said, people that maybe aren't used to being in a corporate environment, if you will, or in a business planning thing, but it's the people who are out there doing and executing our work that are doing these, having these pain points day in and day out. And they're like, okay, there's a better way to do this. Absolutely. It's, it's one of the things we learned along the way. I mean, years and years ago now, we had several committees that were trying to figure out how to build a perfect Swiss watch. You know, we put, we put three or four executives in a conference room. We're like, okay, you're the BIM committee. You figure out what technology should look like and you tell us. And we had, I don't know, three of those. And it, you know, it's not that they didn't do anything, but it didn't, it didn't really work. I think what we learned is that the people who are doing the job are the ones who know what they need. And as we've gone out and looked for the good work that's happening, we've gotten better results. We found we found the real stuff. Is there anything that we can talk about from the pitch that have rolled out? A fun one is the last winner of the pitch. She had an idea that related to uh, safety glasses, something that we think doesn't exist in the world. There's more research to be done. That's one of the next steps is to really get out there and look at patents and try and figure out what exists because there's it's pretty hard to come up with something that nobody's thought of on a planet with 7 billion people. Usually there's something that's similar, but we try and, you know, try and find things that are different enough that they're going to make a difference. And 
you talked about how nerve-wracking it can be to present. The winner of the last pitch has been with us for a year, very young, hit it out of the park. Everybody was so impressed. It was really a fun event. I hope that that's one of the next things that we will develop is the those unique safety classes. And then, of course, the oldest one that people, are, that people have heard about the most is the Gondog. So the Gondog is the device that dumps trash gondolas. That process is so backwards. It's a great example. You asked, why do we need innovation in the construction industry? Well, it's because people take trash gondolas and they unload them by hand or they strap them to a forklift and drop them in the dumpster and then pull it out with a strap and break it. That's how that work is done sometimes. And so we had a smart young guy who was on a job site watching that process. He was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Invented the Gondog. We made a first prototype ourselves fabricated in-house, used that on a dozen job sites and got feedback. And then we went to make our second prototype, which is now in the field and has a bunch of improvements. It's just smarter and better kind of in every respect. It's smaller footprint. It uses batteries instead of gasoline. It's just better, better, better. So we're getting ready to come up on our hundred year anniversary, right? Like what do you think construction is going to look like in throughout the next hundred? It's impossible to predict the future of technology in any way that is not yeah. silly, but yeah, you mentioned rob- robotics is definitely one of the things that is interesting. You know, we, we've got the little dusty robot drawing our, drawing our floor plans. We've got robots laying our bricks. We've got little robot dogs running around job sites now. It's the beginning. Thank you, Daniel. We appreciate your time. I think this has been great. Uh, always insightful having conversation with you. So hopefully you had some fun too. Yeah, this is great. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Said Differently. Thanks to Daniel Stone for joining us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us. And be sure to check out our sister podcast series, Said Differently, Beyond the Build. We'll catch you back soon for more stories from the job site. This is Said Differently, Bart Mallow Podcast. For more information on the mule, visit www.construction-robotics.com. This is Said Differently.